Before we begin, I'd just like to remind you that this episode is also available as a video. So if you'd like to check out myself and Andy in all our uh, glory, then head over to youtube.com forward slash at Pottywood. I'll never let go, Steve. Yes. Is, is this where I kind of sink into the sea? Yeah. <laughs> I'll never let go, Steve. Now go away. I'm going to float over here. everybody and welcome once again to the heat wave that is sweeping Britain. Yes, it has got up to a massive 25 degrees, which if you're native to this country is hell. Um, I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Hester, and joining me as always, drinking from a cup of water, is... Andrew Roger ready? Caution. Caution? Yeah, you're <laughs> Caution. Uh, okay. Must be Scotch. I've turned into Gosh. Sean Connery. Yes. Uh, yes at least you remembered your name this week. I have. It's the heat. All right. Yeah. It's the heat. I am not used to this. I prefer Los Angeles where it's the dry heat and it's great. I don't like humidity. I don't. And it reminds me when we started this show, when we were doing it in the daytime and that day where we were practically melting. I can't remember who we had on the show, but it, it was painful. But Yes. Uh, but thankfully. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. But thankfully, no. today's going to be a lot of fun. And I think we're incredibly blessed this week to have one of the biggest emerging stars, in my view, that is soon to pretty much explode onto the scene in one of this summer's biggest movies. Now, we all know the Expendables, and we all know the kind of revolving door yeah. of talent that they have uh, throughout the three movies so far. And now we've it's got... a who's who of action names. Oh, yeah. But they're never afraid to showcase new talent. And uh, The Expendables 4, which is released this September, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, is pretty spectacular. The trailer has only just dropped, I think, last week. When you see this, it was probably three weeks ago. Our guest star is featured in this trailer. Not only that, she's also the last person featured on that trailer. The, the kiss-away shot of that trailer, she is there with the smile that she is displaying. We're on the screen right now. <laughs> now, I can get in extreme trouble for getting the name wrong this week because she's already told me how to say it right. So, Go on, I'm waiting. Okay. Now, I usually get it wrong, but I think get I may have it right, and if I've got it right, I'll tell you how I got it right. So... Is it Le Vitran? Yes. Do you know how I got that? Well done. I, well done. I got that from my fiance who just said to me earlier on, oh, so like, c'est la vie. And I was like, got it. Now I'll know exactly what it is. How are you? Hi. Welcome I'm to the good. show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited and a little bit nervous, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't, don't be nervous. We don't, we don't bite. We honestly don't. No. You know, we've 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 had we've had all kinds of people on the show and they've left with all limbs intact. Although having said that, having seen you in action just in the little snippets in the trailers, I don't really think it is going to be you that's going to be missing limbs. It's mostly <laughs> gonna be us. Watch out. Oh yeah. yeah. I wouldn't do anything. 
No. Well, we're definitely going to talk about the Expendables 4 later on, but that, that's mm-hmm. definitely worth building up to. And uh, as we kind of mentioned in our little pre-show here, the people are, have not been uh, privy to, uh, mm-hmm. you are the, uh, the specialist in 4 <laughs> when it comes to a franchise, <laughs> yeah. of which uh, we'll get into later. But I think we want to go back down here because obviously you're, you're an actress, uh, you're also a successful model, you're also a host as well. Yeah, you've done so many things in, sh- in a, such a short amount of time. But I think we've got to go back to before it all kicked off here. Now, as I understand, sure. uh, you were born to Vietnamese parents and you yes. were raised in Santa Clara. Yes, well, Santa Clara County, San Jose, um, city of San Jose, uh, to two Vietnamese parents. Sorry, my dog's right here. <laughs> um, Hi, doggie. You know, went to Majestic Elementary and then Stearmont Middle School, High School, Piedmont Hills, and then went to San Jose State and graduated with a child and adolescent development degree with a minor in mathematics to go on to uh get my teaching credentials to teach K through eight. Um, didn't quite finish the teaching credential. I was like a few months off until I decided to quit teaching kindergarten. Um, and then I was waiting tables for a little while. And while I was waiting tables um, across from the restaurant was the San Jose Police Department. And I became friends with some of the police officers and they would take me on these ride-alongs. And um, then I got kind of interested in like the science aspect of like the crime scene investigation. And so they would take me to the coroner's office and that's where I kind of got interested in that. But I didn't want to go to med school to become a coroner because that would be more schooling. And so I kind of fell into mortuary college, which is a a two year degree in uh, Sacramento. And then, was, um, was there a specialized class in that which taught you how to eat a sandwich over a body? <laughs> like you see in every single movie, any anytime there's a body or in a morgue, there's always uh, a, a mortician that's there just eating. Nom, nom, nom. So kind of funny story. I don't know if it's really funny, but when I went to um, on like the ride along with the coroner at the coroner's office, he was asked, it was like a eight hour day uh, ride along. And he was asking me, you know, like, do you, would you, you know, when do you want to eat lunch? Because I generally eat lunch kind of like before, but people who eat lunch before seeing the bodies throw up after seeing the bodies. Um, And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll have lunch whenever you have lunch. I'll just kind of do whatever. And so we ate like this big burger and fries. And then we went to go see the decedents and, um, like the cases and I mean, I didn't throw up and he was just like, not a lot of people could do that. Maybe you should look into this. And I think that was kind of what kicked it off. And so I go, <laughs> I registered <laughs> into mortuary college and I did that, but it was a little bit different because I get to work with the families and stuff. And I became a um, apprentice and bomber for about two years. And then Kind of the same thing with teaching, like I was a couple months away from taking the state board and then um, I eventually kind of just moved to Los Angeles to pursue modeling because I was kind of doing that a little bit at the same time. I mean, that whole story in itself is a movie on its own. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was, uh, you know, I was uh, 
a teacher and I thought, no, I'm going to be an embalmer. Yeah. No, actually, I'm going to be a model. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. And then an actor. <laughs> uh, only. I, I see that as just preparation. <laughs> sure, sure. So, I'm, I'm slowly picking up the stories and the characters from it. The whole embalming thing is a thing that really raised an eyebrow for me because it was like, we've heard so many of the different career paths that people have taken and you know most of the actresses i think a larger percentage of the actresses we had went in through dance school and stuff like that so they wanted to oh. be ballet dancers and things like that i've never had someone yeah. who say nah apprentice embalmer <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i i wasn't really shocked by it my family definitely didn't want me to pursue it my mom especially because she was like the spirits are gonna follow you home oh, yeah. and I was like well if they follow me home they'll take care of me because I'm taking care of them she's like oh okay <laughs> you got it with the logic yeah yeah she was like oh okay <laughs> it was a very rewarding um career for me I I always said I would go back if acting didn't um work out well I will say this out, out of out of the jobs that are available, it's one of those jobs which there's always going to be a demand for people to do. <laughs> to. Yeah. Like, not going to run yeah. out of work. Yeah. No, AI isn't going to take that job. No. 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 But uh, how how young were you? Because I know that you have um, you've learned a lot of different martial arts styles and disciplines as well. So, uh -huh. I mean... You you do uh, a schema, you do Muay Thai boxing, you do jujitsu also. Uh, did this start yeah. when you were young? When I was a kid, um, like between the ages of six and like 10, 11, my family, my dad, my mom, my sister and I, every summer nights, we would watch Chinese Kung Fu movies. And this was like during, this is like pre-Netflix where they have a movie to span over like 40 hours. It's like a whole store for 40 hours, but you go to the rental, mm. the Chinese rental movie place and you get like the VHS cassette tapes and each one is like an hour. So you'd have to watch it and then like return it to get the next chapter. Right. And yeah. we would watch it until like one or 2 a.m. in the morning. And I remember watching all of these people doing all of these acts and stuff and just re remembering like that is what I want to be, but not thinking like, oh, I want to be an actor doing that. I just wanted to be them like flying through the trees and like sword fighting and all that stuff. Um, so I was, I guess that's what got me interested in martial arts, but I wouldn't say I'm like a martial artist. I only have like a couple of years of uh, certain like Muay Thai and boxing and Eskrima. And now I'm just getting into jujitsu. It's only been like two years. Wow. Which one do you feel most comfortable with? Uh, comfortable? None, but love. <laughs> absolutely have fallen in love with jujitsu like i cannot stop thinking about it which yeah which i mean uh so this past december i got a knee injury i got like a hole in my knee cartilage and so i couldn't train for like six months and it's driving me crazy and i finally just got back and i'm just like oh, finally i can get beat up by people <laughs> <laughs> that, that that just reminds me of um when we had um uh, Gino Anthony Pezzi on and he was talking about how he was on set and he ended up blowing his back out 
blowing his ankle. And oh, it's yeah. it, to oh, yeah. be to be out of it and to be away from it for so long must have been so frustrating. But I'm glad that you're back and I'm yeah. glad it's all healed Thank up you. and everything. Thank you, me too. You became um pretty well known as as one of the top Asian female models as well. Uh I'm guessing around the two thousand mid two thousands. Like yeah, like two thousand I wanna say like ten, eleven, twelve. I'm gonna keep going up. Yeah. <laughs> All these Almost years, dead. top prize yeah, went, every year. <laughs> it's the the years kind of just like mold into like a big chunk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started modeling. My friend had a my friend John. He um, was a photographer, is a photographer, and he was just like, "Hey, let's just take a couple photos." And I was like, "Okay." And then we put posted it on like Tumblr, and I got a lot of um, reposts oh. and stuff. And so. Um, yeah, and so I started just doing more modeling stuff and collaborating with people. It obviously, uh, it obviously worked out well because I think from there, two thousand twelve, uh, you made your TV debut on MTV's Guy Code as a host. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun, actually. That was. I was like, "Why am I here? Why do they want me?" But uh, enjoying the ride. So what yes. was Guy Code all about? Because my MTV days are seriously way back when they had music on that channel. So. Yeah. That had nothing to do with the the, uh, the bro code, did it, by any chance? I mean, it was like kind of linked together. Guy Code was essentially uh, me and a couple of other girls uh, who would just basically like answer questions that uh, guys and girls had about like, for example, oh, if you are out on a date and uh, you see his phone face down, what does that tell you? And then the girls would just kind of answer, like, oh, he's hiding something or like, oh, he's secretive or blah, blah, blah. Following that, you start to branch out into movies. Now, I know that one of the earliest films uh, that I know of you from, I think it might have been your film debut. You started in a found footage thriller called Graduation Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think anyone had seen this, had you? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was like the, yeah, it was my first um, movie that I did. And it was like kind of one of those things where you look back and you're just like, wow, that I, I was I was terrible. <laughs> I do the exact same thing. I honestly do. <laughs> but you know, it's it's you get you got to start somewhere. Basically, I yes. think. I mean, I kind of take those years as like the high school years, and then the next five years as the college years, and then now I'm kind of like in the internship year where I'm like trying to figure out my way through my next job. Yeah. So I'm not really like a senior at all, but. I'm in the door. With it being your, your first movie, obviously you, you must have had some excitement kind of going into it. I mean, the found footage movies, they're still popular. I mean, yeah, Amazon Prime seems yeah. to buy up like 500 of them a week because there's new ones that crop up nearly all the time. Um, and obviously, your character name was Vanessa Tran, which uh -huh. made me think of maybe your character didn't have a surname <laughs> and they just decided to tack yours onto <laughs> it. 
I feel like that was with another one. I can't really remember. But one thing I do remember about shooting that movie was um, I had so much energy. I had booked a like an Apple commercial at the same time. So in these two days and 48 hours, I and they were across town in Los Angeles, and I would shoot for 12 hours, and I would drive 30 minutes like at 7 in the morning to go to the commercial shoot and shoot for 12 hours and then drive back the 30 minutes and shoot for the other 12 hours and then drive back <laughs> the 30 minutes and shoot the other 12 hours. And like, looking back, I'm like, how did I do that without zero sleep? Just working for two straight days. So, which was kind of exciting. So basically at the time, but, you were doing the Michael J. Fox run <laughs> back when he was doing yes. back to the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Family ties yeah. in the day and Back to the Future in the evening. It's dedication. That's what it is. It's dedication to your craft. Thank you, Steve. Yes, <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, from there, um, barring a, a couple of little projects in between, uh, mm-hmm. you land pretty heavily on the big screen in a very small role. So you appear in Fast and Furious Seven, or is it? Furious Seven, Fast and Furious Seven, yeah, yeah. Fast Seven, seven. whatever it is. Seven, seven. Too fast, yeah. too seven. Seven. Uh, so you, Seven's too fast. You yeah. are the uh, race starter for Race yes. Wars, and I cannot believe they didn't change the name of that event. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Steve, are you okay, Steve? <laughs> Yeah, I've not seen that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that's flagged up. Um, oh my god, did they have no one there? It goes, yeah, maybe we should change this. Change it. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear. But yeah, I mean, these are a couple of things because it's, I think, one of the biggest entries in Fast and the Furious. I know that is the, it is the still to this day, the second highest grossing movie in the history of Universal Studios. Oh, wow. Ah, I didn't know that, did you? And (laughs) it also surpassed Avatar to be the fastest movie to gross $1 billion. Wow. Wow. You didn't think about that for Fast and Furious 7? I didn't. No. And it's all because people wanted to see Luffy Tran (laughs) on the screen. Yeah, Flag Girl. The Flag Girl. (laughs) During the Race World Wars. (laughs) Yeah, this um, was... Uh, Tony Jaa's first English-speaking role was in Fast and Furious 7 as well. And now you get to work with him again in Expandables 4. Yes. Have you shared yes. any stories about your Fast 7 uh, Fast Seven experiences with Tony on set? No, 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 no. He, We, we talk about his, his music videos and martial arts. <laughs> so funny. He's crazy. It, like, he walks into the room and the entire energy of the room changes. Like you just at peace and like there's so much like serenity and it's crazy. I heard the same people but, say about um, that about Chow Yun Fat. Apparently, but, when he walks in the room, everyone you just feel incredibly calm and peaceful. I love him. <laughs> yeah, I would. My my family and I would watch him on the the Chinese kung fu movies. Um, funny story about. Furious 7, the audition that I did, I was supposed to do, um, it wasn't for Flag Girl, it was for uh, just like the girl that stands behind Vin Diesel, 
and during the audition they were like okay he's walking by and you're like yelling at him and you know the theme is supposed to be like very colorful stuff and I I don't know why I wore like black when all the other girls were wearing like very vibrant colorful sexy dresses and for some reason the casting director goes okay you're um you see Vin Diesel walk by and for some reason I don't know why I yelled hootie hoo (laughs) 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 and then I walked away I was like for sure I'm not like gonna book this but um the flag girl that that role I think was supposed to go to Iggy Azaleas or something but she but she couldn't make it so they put her they did they they switched her schedule because I think her schedule didn't mix so they bumped me to the flag girl but I I for sure didn't think that I was going to get it because I don't know why I said hootie hoo which I think is like a calling for police officers or something (laughs) I don't know I don't it's like it's street calling i don't know well there will be some logic behind it and it obviously worked your instincts kicked in you landed the part <laughs> you know they're like so, poor girl let's give it to her that's it you need to, you need to get a t-shirt now with hootie who written on it hootie who yeah oh that could be the next tattoo just as a good reminder <laughs> but this um it was also the first time that uh justin lynn had stepped out of fast and furious and you're working with James Wan. Now, James yeah. Wan is like probably one of the biggest uh, Asian directors out there. Obviously, he's done mm-hmm. Aquaman. He's done uh, the Conjuring series, Conjuring. things like that. Yeah. Oh my and, God. Yes. Um, what was it like so working lovely. with James? He's he's such a lovely human being. Like very welcoming and um, just like comforting me and making sure that I felt comfortable, you know, being in that outfit and doing the moves and having the cars go by me um, quite quickly. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's great. I mean, I only, I was only on set for three days um, for, for that whole scene. So um, got to work with him a little bit, but he was great. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll notice about James when I see him on Facebook is when he posts something, and actually, he gets like hundreds of people commenting on it. And I noticed he responds to nearly every single person. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I'm like, dude, haven't you got a movie to make? <laughs> yeah. He's so nice. He really is. Genuine, it's very humbling, yeah. It really is. He's a really nice guy. Um, and also, I, I saw that here, um, for your even small role in Furious 7, uh, you were voted one of the most beautiful women in the Fast and Furious franchise. Eat that, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick production question then. You mentioned about the cars going past. Now, a lot of the stuff that you see in those films, though, it's all very larger than life with a great deal of special effects going on. What it, What would you say was the um, real to visual effects ratio on those races? Because you said they were coming uh, past at some speed, but how 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 fast? Yeah, that? so when I you know put the flag down, they were coming. They were, whew, they had stunt drivers whew, right past me. It was fast, and, and like the beginning scene where they had like the motorcycles jumping across, like the what is it, the incline? Yeah, this is whatever that's called. And they're all jumping. There's cameras everywhere. There's 
hundreds and thousands of people. It was quite, a, it was really cool to see the car. I mean, the cars were going fast and much at one point, Michelle Rodriguez was, was hitting on like stepping on a gas too. So it was pretty cool. No stunt driving for Michelle. (laughs) Well, from there, uh, your career in movies uh, continues. You then appeared in The Vigilante Diaries. Yeah. Playing the character of Kid 2.0. Just a badass chick who kind of sometimes is the second in arms or assistant to the main person, um, but gets the job done gets to kick ass whether it's with a man or a woman and uh yeah just a badass kid 2.0 that was a fun movie though it was the first premiere that i got to go to as well it was a red carpet premiere it was yeah you know what i was all for watching graduation day and now knowing that you never even got to see the movie on the screen i'm not going to watch it but this was uh directed by christian sesma yeah and uh, you said you know him, I'm right? connected to him, yes, on Facebook. Yeah, and I'm going to tag him in this. So if you want to say some nasty stuff about it, go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't. He's so wonderful as well. Like, loves his family, loves coffee, loves loves movies, loves to write and direct, and he's great. He's fantastic. Yes, like a you fantastic have me at coffee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But he can come on and talk about coffee. There you go. You tell tell him through yeah. the screen now. Christian's got to come on the show. <laughs> Christian, you got to come on the show. Yes. Bring some coffee. <laughs> yes, strong coffee for us, please. Uh, so, Vigilante Diaries originally it was based on a web series, right? Uh, as I remember it, there was an original web series of it, and yes. uh, I think that ended after something like eight episodes. I want to agree with you, Andrew, yeah. but I don't recall. <laughs> Well, it's so, um, it's all about your experience yeah. working on the movie. Was there any fun instances you can tell us from that production? Because it had quite a varied cast on there, so you had some like noticeable names in there. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You got uh, Quinton Rampage Jackson, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. May the 18th. Michael Madsen. Yes. Michael J. Mm-hmm. White. Yes. Yeah. Black Dynamite of, himself. Yeah. I, I was nervous. I had a scene with him, and I was nervous, and I was just like, it was kind of supposed to be like uh, trying to squeeze some info from his character. I, I think, which version of Michael J. White is he in real life? Is he the kind of black dynamite, or is he the gamble from <laughs> The Dark Knight? He's so sweet. He No, in real life, he's he's complete opposite of all those people. But he, he can be very deadly. I'm sure, I'm sure Michael I, J. White was... I still was... don't get that, though. What? In the, in the Dark Knight, he, he gets killed by having a potato peeler just stuck in his mouth. You never, you never see a cut or a stab. He just falls to the ground. I don't know. Just done. I reckon it happened and it just got trimmed to make yeah. it more family-friendly. Your fighting roles continue because I discovered here that you were in, uh, I guess, an independent film called Female Fight Club in 2016. Yes. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, we've touched a nerve here. If they go no, off screen really... laughing, we know. <laughs> yes. It's just because the, like, I feel like some of my auditions, I'm like, how did I get it? Because I, so we had the auditions. Um, I auditioned for the main role, which is played by Amy Johnson, but um, and she's fantastic in it. But during the callback, 
I was asked by the director. So it was like the director, um, I think the director, me and another actress who in this scene, in this audition process room, we were supposed to be bumping into each other in Las Vegas and we were supposed to have a fight the next night. And so we hate each other. And so he wanted me to like ad lib, like, or like shit talk to this actress. And I am, I am terrible at talking crap to people. Like I'm one of those people who, when you're saying something and then like an hour later, the argument's over and like, damn it, I should have said this. Or like, why didn't I say this? Like, I can never think of something so witty or like in your face. Nothing to be hooty hoo though. No. But he was like, okay, you hate each other. Go, action. And I was like, sup, bitch. <laughs> and she was like, what? I go, you got a nice nose. She's like, what the fuck? I was like, I'm going to, I said something like, I'm going to break your nose. And she's like, are you a nose surgeon? I was like, no. <laughs> like, and she started saying, started saying all of these things. And then I started copying what she was saying. She was like, I'm going to pound your face to the ground or something. And I was like, I'm going to pound your face to the ground. Cause I couldn't think of anything. And then the director was like, you need to say, you can't just say whatever she's saying. And it's still like, haunts me to this day that <laughs> I, I cannot talk shit to people in an audition room as well. The genius of it is sometimes going in the complete opposite direction uh, and making it awkward so it's funny. Mm. So <laughs> I was trying to be so serious, though. <laughs> no, trust me. I guarantee you if you actually saw the rehearsal footage, you would find some like comedy element in there. It's like, oh, I should have leaned into that a little bit more. Sure, it's kind yeah. of funny. Because I've seen that with some people's auditions. Where it's like, it was absolutely hilarious. I said, but it was going for serious. I was like, you know, but you went yeah. too serious. <laughs> but the, the director was uh, Miguel Angel Ferrer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which if you remove uh, the angel, it's Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but not the same guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, I actually saw you uh, in a freak of currency of a night of a film I didn't even know you were in. But I was watching it because it was recommended to me. Uh, it's a film you did in 2017 called Gemini. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Directed by yes. Aaron Katz. I've been on a bit of a Aaron Katz yes. um, exploration since seeing a couple of his movies. So far, I've got to see mm-hmm. this Gemini because Zoe Kravitz is in it. And apparently everyone was like yes. raving over it. And then uh, suddenly there you are as Theory. And it's got a great cast. You've got um, John Cho in there as well. John Cho, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was actually so because it was my first... I was still like learning things about production, but like just to watch him do his thing. And I was just like watching it. It was, it was really cool experience. Yeah. Who one of your kind of early career um, kind of took you under the wing? Cause after this, there was a sizable increase in your roles and your performances. So in your early days leading up to Gemini, who were kind of people who were really feeding you advice and, and guiding you i kind of just want to say my my agent and my agency just because they've always had my back since day one like literally since day one when i didn't even have like 
zero acting classes. I had like zero acting classes um, under or acting classes, zero acting classes under my belt. And they just, they were pushing and pushing. They're like, take some more acting classes, take some more acting classes. Um, and I did that and they just, they just kept supporting me and pushing me. And I think they were my uh, main contributors to where I am right now. They saw something in you very, very early on. I think so. Yeah. I'm so grateful for them. So uh, David Aragati and Daniel Hoff. I'm still with them to this day. Yeah. I'm never going to leave them. That's good. Loyal. Uh, to, well, yeah. uh, they're, they're definitely earning their money by, by the look of it. They're earning that percentage. Um, so hello to your agents. Hello. Let's get to the point here of uh, you and Steve have a common yes. link here. Uh. You have both appeared in Shameless. Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Well, uh, you Detail. obviously appeared in the US version of Shameless. Um, I appeared in the uh, the British version of Shameless in mm-hmm. was it series two or series three? I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I I I I had to say some rather very very inappropriate things to the young daughter of the family as I drove past in a car to the <laughs> oh point that gosh. I have forbidden my mum from ever seeing the episode. Watching it, yes. yes. Do you remember what you say? Oh Did you yes. Remember what you said? Oh yes, okay. I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> okay then. Um, the the line was, "Do you want to?" Steve, <laughs> <gasps> you dirty dog. Thing is that that was my first proper professional gig. It was my first job. I had had lines. So yeah, yeah. We, you you and I we share that. We both dealt yeah. with the. The, the scum, look at you, shut, shut your face. Why, why wasn't that on your show reel, I wonder? <laughs> I wonder why, yeah. Yeah, the, the beginning scene to your reel started off. <laughs> you, you've got to start a heart, Steve. You've got to start a yeah. heart on those show reels. Oh, yeah. But yes, oh, uh, yes. So you played uh, the character of Eddie in uh, yeah. the US version of Shameless. Uh, what can you tell us mm-hmm. about the character... Uh, how it was introduced to you and pitched to you, and how you went about it. Um. Yes. So Eddie is kind of just this rough around the edges, just kind of doesn't really care. Goes to the own beat of her drums. She um is wild a little bit, freaky, but also kind of has attachment issues. Um. I auditioned for her, and it was. I think it was like a couple of episodes as a co-star role, but um, because there was nudity in it, I think we kind of reached a point where it was like, okay, well, because she's doing some nudity and some sex scenes, we're going to do it like we're going to turn it into a guest star role and kind of keep her uh, throughout the season. Um, And that's how. I stayed for a little bit longer than I think I should have. I've heard a rumor that John Wells uh, from Shameless, he has a, a very strict no script policy on set, so yes. that uh, all of the actors need <clears throat> to come and basically know everything. Cannot revert back to the script. So that was that yes. a first time for you having to deal with something like that, and how terrifying was it? Yes, it was very terrifying. I mean, it was my. I guess it was like my first 
big real thing for television and um but the thing is I didn't know that it was a no I don't think I don't remember that it was a no script policy I just wanted to do well so I memorized everything and then I came in and I was like oh nobody has sides so I think that's just I kind of figured it out but there was this one day I don't remember what episode they had changed the script and they apparently emailed me the night before and when we were doing rehearsals I had said the old lines and the director was like no <laughs> he goes this is the new line that you because only the director has the um, the script like this is what I was like oh my god I have to memorize all of this but it was only like four sentences and I was so nervous but um it went okay so do any of your lines still stay in your head from that <laughs> <laughs> no I, but I know there were some dirty words in there I I I, I, I removed them from my, <laughs> my conscience. Lil, did you two know you were playing the same character and had the same lines? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. If you, if you and, and I were playing yeah, the same I said, character... Sit on my like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so from there, I mean, you're now starting um, to balance kind of a movie and television uh, over the next couple of years, following on from Shameless. So you appear in the first purge as Ronick. Mm -hmm. So how did you find your way onto uh, the first purge? I auditioned. I I auditioned for. <laughs> I auditioned for the role that Marissa Tomei plays in the movie, um, but then I got my Ronick role. But um, that was such an amazing experience to one just sit in the same room with marissa tomei and two to watch her do her thing as well and see the process of them coming up with the scene together and rearranging everything to make it work and flow and i remember me and a couple of people who were in the room as well watched her do the scene with the other um actor and when it was done i just went Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to like stay in character, but after like witnessing that scene that they did, I, was, I had like the shakes a little bit. It was really cool. But yeah, you know, she's not an Oscar winner for nothing. Yeah. Very true. And and you've yeah. discovered quite a lot of Marissa Tomei over the course of this show, Steve. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, to, we're referring to uh, an episode that we did where we looked at the excellent film. Um, before the devil knows you dead, which has got Marissa Tomei and Ethan Hawke and the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Marissa Tomei yeah. spends uh, most of the film naked. <laughs> oh, yes, that was yeah. fun editing around for the episode. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the thing is, it's the very first thing you see in the movie, and I know that you were not prepared for it, and you'd been there no. like Aunt May, no, <laughs> oh no, Aunt May. <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure that this doesn't get demonetized. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, in the same year, uh, 2018, um, I, I think most people, when I have been kind of promoting that you were coming onto the show and just kind of getting the feedback from Facebook and stuff like that, straight away they jump out and they say, that's Trish from Haunting of Hill House. <sighs> A Haunting of Hill House was phenomenally huge. Huge series, yeah. Incredible. So beautiful. 
so beautiful. Uh, your storyline in it is beautiful. It really is. Oh, and and yeah. it is, obviously, it was a, a much different role than anything that you had done before. Yes, very, very different. Um, auditioned for it. Um, and funny thing is, when I auditioned for it, I can't remember exactly what month it was, but I didn't hear anything back for like another month and a half, which is a pretty long time. Um, and then when my agent, when Gaudi called me, he was like, hey, you booked this. I was like, what did I audition for? What is this? <laughs> like, I, it was so, I couldn't remember it, but so, so grateful. Um, <clears throat> got to work with amazing people like in, in Kate Siegel. She's fantastic. So beautiful, so talented. And her and her husband, of course, the director. They're, it shot here in Atlanta, actually. So it's funny, you're bringing me back to like, you are guiding me down memory lane. And I'm like, oh, that was that year. Oh, that was that for that. It is a lot of the guests that we have on, you know, sometimes like, I haven't even thought about this in years or, you know, it's a buried memory that just pulled out. Uh, and that, uh -huh. that, that's what we love because, you know, so many people come back afterwards and just say, you know, thank you so much for, you know, taking me on my journey. Yes. <laughs> yeah. golf wounds. It's okay. But this is it. You know, there's some things that you can laugh about. You know, some things that you laugh about, some things that you know you, you find kind of closure on. And you know, the haunting of Hill House was flawless. I don't think there was anybody who was not watching that series when it was released. I binged it in two days. It was yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jesus, that, I mean, it was scary as hell, but so well written yes. at the same time. There are a lot of people, the last time that story was tackled was the uh, Jan de Bont special no, effects no. movie with Liam Neeson and Catherine no, 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 no. Zeta-Jones. We, we said we wouldn't talk about that one. No, it's no. Oh. it's kind of forgotten to time for a reason. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I hadn't actually seen that one, and my my girlfriend put on the movie, and um, yeah, there was lots of howling, but it wasn't out of fear. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And it wasn't out of Owen Wilson's jokes. No, <laughs> no. I think I honestly laughed when he ended up getting. Was he ended up getting the head cut off? Yes. In that one, I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, I, I remember there being a lot of like, oh, they're not doing this story again, are they? Netflix, what are you doing? Yeah. But, you know, from the first episode, it, you're in. It's like, yeah, I need to watch more of this. I cannot go to sleep without seeing the rest. You literally had to force that remote out of your hand and, and come back the next day and watch the rest. Um, it tugs at your heartstrings. Oh, it really does. Then... You show up in season three of the rebooted MacGyver. 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 <laughs> so, MacGyver. So um, you're playing uh, Desi Nguyen? Nguyen, yes. Nguyen. Shit. Des I knew I'd Desi, get one name. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most popular Desert, name as yeah. well. Yeah, it's the number one last name, Vietnamese last name, and then second is Tran. Well, there you go. Yes. So you, you yes. got them both. I had to get one of them wrong. Yes, Desiree, Desiree Nguyen, or Desi, as she is known, came in at season, middle of season three as a guest star. 
for a couple of episodes and then um, season four came back as a series regular. Yeah, and, and you wrote it straight through. It's, it's not going on anymore. Is it, has it finished now? We're done. No more. I just, I just remember Richard Dean Anderson saying, I'm never watching it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, cameo as his dad. No, yeah, yeah. Never. <laughs> I've got yeah, another yeah. series of Stargate to do. That's cancelled. <laughs> I don't care. I loved working on that show. I loved working with the cast and crew. The one thing um, that I will never forget is just kind of like building a family with the, the cast and crew. Because, you know, you work on projects for even like when you go on as a, a co-star or a guest star, you're on there for like maybe a day at most a week. You don't really get to know anybody. You kind of learn a couple of names. But here it was like three years. And, you know, you learn things about people. Um, you get to know one another. You become family. And I, I really miss that. I, I miss that part. And it's quite, it's really cool, too, because a lot of people, the, the crew, are here in Atlanta. And sometimes when I work on different projects and I get to see them again, and we're always so surprised. We're like, dude, it's really nice. Yeah. So after going through so many years doing film and TV, TV and film, which one do you actually prefer? Yeah, I would say TV, television, just because I like, I mean, and this is just if everything goes well and, you know, you have a full season and you get picked up for another season. Um, but the the uh, consistency of that, because this industry is like you know up and down up and down and you never know when you're going to get another job but like i i like knowing who i'm working with i like building relationships with people when i'm working with them and when you you're on a project and you you have to meet somebody and then like jump in the scene with them so quickly or like you meet the director or you know the producers and the, the crew and it was and everybody else it's just so fast like you only have a certain amount of time to to work and then it doesn't really leave that much time to really get to know yeah. each other, I guess. Was that because of the pandemic and the shifting face and stuff like that? Or was it kind of on the cards anyway, do you reckon? No clue. No clue. Because it was doing so well. Mm. Um, well, you could never rule out a return anyway. Yeah. If, if, if the network thinks there's more juice that can be squeezed out of that lemon, then they're going to go right back to the juicer. Very so. true. Mm -hmm. And Lucas Till was really good. Yeah, I've got to admit, he yes. was really good in the role. Because I remember everyone was like... He, he is MacGyver. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he, you throw him out in the woods and he'll come back. Like <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, I don't know what to do. You just toss him out there, he'll find his way back. Well, obviously, uh, with the pandemic, um, obviously production shut down pretty much everywhere. Uh, a lot of the people that I've spoken to in the business, and obviously, you know, we, we started this podcast when the pandemic had, mm -hmm. was in full flow. So we knew a lot of people who were just worried at the time that projects were yeah. not going to be go ahead. I had a project that yeah. stalled and is only just getting back up and running now. Uh, so Boy. for yourself, um, you know what kind of main fears did did you have a kind of positive outlook that everything would be okay what was your mindset like during the pandemic i was yeah worried and scared like is it safe to go back to work 
I don't know who's been where. The fear of like flying in new people to come in and I don't know like where they've been. And it was just like, it, it was chaotic and all new rules, like so many, so many rules that had to be implemented for safety, of course. But um, yeah, I was just, was just so nervous and fearful all the time. It was it was hard to concentrate on the work sometimes. Yeah, I don't know what it was like in the states, but over here, it seemed like the rules were changing every few minutes. Okay, right. Now you have yeah. to isolate. Now you're okay if you yeah. meet these people. Now it's okay to go to the shops. Don't go to the shops. Go to a restaurant. Don't go to a restaurant. Eat off the toilet. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, it just all the it's advice like you're kept in this on bubble. changing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're in this bubble. You're in group A, B, C. You can't interact with these people. Yes. Now you have to like eat lunch in your trailer you can't have lunch with anybody else you have to stay this you can't yes you can only travel so i have the to eat lunch by myself yes. <laughs> so you can only travel the streets uh, if uh, you're an uber eats driver essential worker or own a unicycle it was literally <laughs> every single week our rules were switching to the point where it's like mm-hmm. i'm on last week's rules I mean, guess good... what? You got new, new ones. <laughs> yes, new rules back into things. And you landed, oh shit, it's Owen Wilson again. You starred in Secret Headquarters, uh, the Netflix movie as Virginia. Yes, um, Paramount. Or was it Paramount? Uh, Secret Headquarters with Owen Wilson. Uh, Michael Pena was in it. Um, all sorts, of, every, everyone was in it. It was such a fun kids action family action movie um and the directors were amazing the, it, it was just so much fun even though like we still there were still like the rules from covid and the masks and everything like that like we had a really good time That's well, just, at least i did <laughs> just what you needed to kind of come out of uh the pandemic so was it mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. um so I take it, it still was masks. It was still, you know, keeping your distance. Masks, yeah. Eat alone. Eat yes. out of this little tray. Meal. No craft services. Yeah, if you wanted to eat with somebody, you'd have to sit outside. Like, It's roll. just strange how the world just stopped for the better part of six months. And now everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Oh, you've got COVID. All right, fine. Fair enough, yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. God, I'm on my third COVID. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you guys had COVID? We had Twice. it while we were doing the show. We yeah. came on on the show and we're still doing it. He was absolutely dying. I think did I catch it off shortly after you? Didn't I? I don't know. We 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 did a pro- we recording a promo, and then about a week or so later, yes. I I tested positive, and um, and I was like, dude, I've tested positive. And you were panicking there, thinking, "Oh my God, we only recorded that the other week. Oh my God, everyone's got everyone's going to be thinking you caught it off you. No one else caught it off me, thankfully. No, no one caught it from um, my shoot at all. No. So, um, so he came in afterwards, and yeah, then the first one was bad. And then the second time, it just felt like a cold, and I was just like, "Is this it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I caught it at um, a friend's funeral a month later, and it was the worst experience I ever had in my life." <laughs> for yeah. five days, yeah. five of the worst days ever. But yeah, it was uh, it, it was not a highlight. But did you uh, catch it? I did. I caught it back when I was in San Jose with my family, 
It was terrible. It hurt so bad. I was, I've never been that cold and never been that hot, like back and forth, back and forth for like yeah. seven days. Did you get the migraines? No. Oh. See, you got the migraines. No. With yeah. me, it can't, the best way that I can think of to describe it is it kind of felt like my something inside my lungs was spiky. Yes. Your soul was leaving your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has different symptoms. We're all, we're all getting yeah. different superpowers from our COVID <laughs> things. Um, well, thank you for tuning in to Medical Advice with Bodywood. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Now back to our schedule programming. Um, so tell us about your role in Secret Headquarters, because there's going to be some people who haven't seen it yet, because I don't think it's been on release too long over here. Secret Headquarters, kind of like uh, Batman meets Home Alone. Um, where the kids are the main characters, uh, and Owen Wilson, and he is, am I revealing the secret to this movie? No, it's been out. Yeah, I think the moratorium's he, over. You're fine. He's, he, he's, he's a superhero, basically, and his son finds out, and then they have to go fight the bad guy, who's, uh, Michael Pena. Um, and I play one of the bad guys, which is really fun to do, um, I'm like, again, second in command or like the assistant to the main bad guy, um, Jesse Williams. And uh, we go and we try to wrangle up these kids um, who we don't even know are kids. We think like this superhero cave is guarded by like the superhero or like militant people, adults. And we find out that it's a bunch of kids and they go to town on us. <laughs> so it was really fun. Yeah. So it's a spy kids home alone style. Mix. Yeah. Yeah. Spy kids. Mm -hmm. Perfect mm -hmm. for the kids. I, I, yeah. I think mine had loved that because they went through a period of watching it's and rewatching yeah. that. Was it? We can be heroes. I think that was on Netflix. Oh yeah. So, that was, yeah. yeah. I remember that. So, um, secret headquarters just sounds like it's right up there. alley. I love that movie. It's so much fun. Obviously, the big news now uh, that we've got to reach to. You are joining The Expendables this year. I am. So the movie is completed. The first trailer is out. Now, obviously, uh, we don't know what you can tell us and what you can't tell us in regards to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're just going to ask. And if you say no comment, then that's fine. Now, I understand your character's name is Lash. Yes. Okay. Can you tell us who Lash is, or at least her characteristics? I'm trying to like not be Tom Holland and like reveal <laughs> stuff. Um, he kept his job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're desperately trying what? to go through the yeah, NDA yeah. in your mind, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? I signed over something, and I'm not allowed to say things. Um, Lash is. I keep saying this, but I don't want to say it because I feel like it's repetitive. But Lash is just like a a a badass fighter who I no comment. I can't say anymore. I don't okay. know what, what I can She's say the new what. blood, as I'm it so says in the trailer. Scared. Yes, yeah. she she is the new blood. But you can tell us who else new is blood, on your expendables yes. team. You. I can. As far as we know, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, is back. Oh, I, I can tell you the He's, stuff yes. that I have read online. 
Okay. Okay, from the sources. Go for it, Andrew. Okay. So, Expendables 4, you star as Lush. Now, I understand that this movie was originally due to film in 2020, but was held up by the pandemic. Now, here's the question. Were you on board back then, or have you been brought on board since? Since. So, since. Okay. Okay. So, the, there may have been a change in is that, that your, script. Is that your doggy? Hello, boy. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hello, we Hello, Steve. Hello. Yes. The dog's name is NDA, and he's stepping in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't answer anything about expense. Okay. I do know... Yeah. Um, Word Online is set that this is set to be the longest of the Expendables movie, tagging in at nearly three hours long. But we'll see, because okay. once the edit happens, they're probably John Wick 4 mm-hmm. in it, so you never know. No? So Laura 4, got to go three hours. Um, Word Online is that this is Sylvester Stallone's last Expendables movie. I mean, yeah, you could kind of say, like, it's... Uh... This is the last ride for, you know, Furious Seven, and they're they're gonna keep making more. You, oh, yeah. you never know with Sylvester Stallone, like he can or he can. Yes, he only he has the power. <laughs> yes. uh, obviously, we have uh, Megan Fox also in the movie. Yes, mm-hmm. and Tony yes. Jaa, of course, as we have mentioned. Yes. And uh, who plays the main bad guy? It's the guy from the Raid. Eco Waste, yeah. Yes. He also fantastic. Like I fangirled over Eco and Tony Jaw, and it's so cute too because my dad, when he found out that I was gonna be on Expendables and working with Tony Jaw, he was like, "Um, back." I was like, "Yeah, dad." He's mm-hmm. like, "Oh." I mean, that <laughs> it was that really cool. cool. Yeah. Did uh, yeah. Did you take your dad on set to meet him? No, because we we shot in uh, London and Greece and Bulgaria. So, um, so the, my dad's back in San Jose. Uh, yeah. Stallone wouldn't pop for a seat for a plane? Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Sylvester, come on. Come on, man. We know you're watching this because you're looking for the NDA stuff. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, least, yeah. At least get him a fight. Sit him next to Tony Jar at the premiere, at least. I'll even put towards that seat. Uh now, I've also found a bit of news out today because obviously we can't talk too much on uh, Expendables 4, but uh-huh. we're hoping that you're going to come back again in the future and at least talk to us about your experiences on Expendables 4 more. Yeah. Maybe after it's or released. Or Expend 4 Balls, as it I... looks on the, uh, <laughs> yes. on the thing. <laughs> 4 Balls. They've balls. done like the 7 thing and then <laughs> put the number in the name, which uh, is... I see what you guys did there. Yeah. Yes. So, Livy Tran will be appearing in Bad Boys 4. I like I like movie number fours. Yes. Four and seven. <laughs> They're looking Yeah, gorgeous. four and seven. Four and seven. If you want to start if you want to come up with a new movie, don't pick me. Just wait till part 4 comes out and then I'll I'll be in that one. Yes. I'm now trying to rack my brains and work out where are we up to with movies that are about to have part sevens. Um, <laughs> well, I think the Purge election ooh. year was the fourth Purge the movie Purge. as well. Rush Hour. Yeah. I, I think they got it before. Lethal Weapon. 
Yeah, that got four. I know the first Purge actually made probably the most money out of all of the Purge movies, mm. as I remember it. Uh, obviously, impressive. Fast and Furious 7 is the second highest grossing movie in the history of Universal Studios. Now, if Expendables 4 makes more money than any of the other Expendables movies, because I understand they are going hard R on this one, they're not making yes. it back to the you know PG-13 crowd, mm-hmm, they did mm-hmm. with Expendables 3. Uh, yeah. If that makes more money, and then if Bad Boys 4 makes more money than Bad Boys for Life, then you are it's the because golden of me, ticket. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you are the ultimate good luck charm for franchises. Now that Dwayne Johnson's like career is in a bit of a downswing, <laughs> and, he's, and he's, he's not the, the franchise golden hit anymore, this is it. You can step up and take that role. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. will gladly take it from no. <laughs> I'm going to be the first right. person to cast you in a movie that's the number one in a franchise. There you go. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Have good luck straight from Neil. Going back to Tony Jaw though, because I'm such a big fan of him, but like there's a scene where my character and his character meet. And after like two takes, every time we, <laughs> I saw him, I would have like this huge grin on my face. And Scott, the director, would come up to me and be like, hey, kid, like, why are you smiling? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm really excited because I'm seeing Tony Jaw. And he was like, cut it out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. He was like, you're not supposed to smile right now. I was like, bad character choice. It's okay. I, I won't smile. I won't smile. So, sounds I, like people on the yeah. Star Wars films doing the noises of the lightsabers. It's like, no, don't make <laughs> no. the noise of the lightsabers. Yeah, don't do it. Don't <laughs> smile at Tony Jaa. <laughs> yeah, don't smile. So, I was like, okay, so, I'm so sorry. And, and speaking on the Expendables team, is that kind of like a really close-knit family dynamic? I mean, some of the cast members, uh, Randy Kutter, um, Jason mm-hmm. Statham, Stallone, I mean, they've all been there since the very beginning. You know, people have come in yeah. and come out. Uh, so with you, uh, one of the newbies coming in there, so we kind of all brought in, are you the type kind of group that would like go for a drink after the shoot and hang out? Yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell that the original, the OGs, um, have like this very close brotherly, um, relationship. Um, you know, they banter back and forth. Um, me and Jacob, we got along well because we were kind of like the newbies. But um, at one point, we, Randy, me, and Jacob went to a Bellator fight. And it was really cool because Randy got the tickets. And, you know, in the fighting world, everybody knows Randy. Yeah. And everyone's just like freaking out that he was there. Um, but yeah, everybody was nice. They, we got along very well. We went to go get dinners and hung out. And it's nice. One yeah. question that I do have to ask is if you look at the trailer, you've basically got yourself and Megan Fox as the only two women in the movie. Now, was it hard having to deal with so much testosterone surging through the set on a daily basis? I didn't find it difficult. They were being very nice to me and, and um, it wasn't very much. But also at the same time, like, because I do jujitsu and me and Randy would like fuck around and he'd be like arm drag, like show me this move and show me this move. And 
it was not, he kind of treated me like a little brother. <laughs> so <it was> a, <laughs> yeah, no, no heavy testosterone. To be around all those people, did you have to go through a very strict training regimen? I had a lot of free time because some of my scenes were really short, so I wasn't needed on set every single day like, you know, Jason Statham or Megan Fox. But um, so when I had free time, I would hit the gym and then I would um, go meet up with the stunt team uh, who was like Jackie Chan's stunt team, which was really cool. And they taught me how to use like new weapons, like um, the string with a dagger at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point I, I was practicing, I looked terrible at the beginning and I kind of still do, but a little bit better than day one. But they, they set a water bottle at the end and I was able to swing the rope with the dagger at the end and kick the dagger with my leg. And I hooked the water bottle at the end of the room. So that was pretty cool. Well, sweet. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, that's on display in the trailer as well. We're seeing you uh, getting in the fight with that particular weapon as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, I think the sky is the limit for you this year. We're all going to be there cheering you on when Expendables 4 gets released. Uh, I Thank think there, there's going to be a lot of interest in you going forward. Obviously, you've reached a... a uh, a high level of you know Hollywood movies now, you know, and and you're getting more and more noticed, you know, especially being the last face on that trailer, you know, that is the face that everyone is going to remember. Um, so, what did you mention? You were based in Atlanta at the moment. Yeah, I I moved in Atlanta at the end of 2020. Um, I'm here, but my family's over in San Jose. So I don't know. I don't know how long I'll I'll stay in Atlanta. Um, I'm kind of just like a kite. I'll go wherever. But um, right now, I I really enjoy living in Atlanta because there's the awesome jujitsu school that I go to, and there's a bunch of dog parks. Like I like the vegetation here. And the yes. people are nice here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also know is two questions for you. Therefore, I'm I'm ta- kind of tacking on to the end of this. Uh, because okay. I I know that you like a lot of foods. Where is the best place to get sushi? If you had one place to recommend that you would always want to go to, where is it? Give them a plug. Minato Japanese Restaurant in San Jose, downtown San Jose. There you go. You, <laughs> just, you just got I, a free meal. <laughs> well, I used to work. I used to work there. Um. And I still work there when I go back to San Jose, so I'm plugging them in. That's good. When I'm down in San Jose, I've got to just... You you do like to cook, apparently, I hear. I do like to cook. I'm not great. My dad's a great cook, but um, I I wish I would cook more Vietnamese food. But when you cook Vietnamese food, you have to cook, like, in big batches. And it's just me and my dog, and can't give him spices. So, you know. (laughs) I was going to ask where the best place for eating that you know in Los Angeles, because I'm headed there later this year. Uh, go to Nong La. Well, Nong La. I say, I say, yeah, Nong La is how you say it in Vietnamese. It means straw hat. Oh. They have two locations in, in uh, LA. It, it, if you are there in November, I'm going to call and you say, take me to this place. I've got to try it. <laughs> and uh, in exchange, I will get you a bottle of Jameson whiskey. Ah. Uh. I know that you like your Jameson whiskey. 
Ah, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> yes, I knew this would strike a chord with Steve, oh, whiskey yes. aficionado that he is. <laughs> Are you? Uh, I I have well, not not uh, not particularly knowledgeable, but uh, I do I do like the odd uh, the odd dram every now and again. There's a few that I'd like to recommend to you. Uh, have you ever had Green Spot? No. No, that's a very nice. Green Spot. It's, no. it's quite a uh, it's quite a nice sweet um, sweet whiskey. Um, I'm just having a look. There's, there was a Bushmills and uh, a, a surprisingly a Glenfiddich hmm. um, 15 year old, which was very nice. I wasn't expecting it to be, but it was very nice. Yes. Have you guys ever had uh, Habiki, Jap Japanese whiskey? No. My family mm, loves that, yeah. No, but I think they do have it behind the bar in, um, in, in the local pub around here. Oh. Try it, try time. it. Try it. Yes. Yeah. I will do it next time on that. Well, I think we're just about out of time for this week. And, uh, All right. We have run the gamut. We have gone through quite a selection of your career. There are plenty of us there that we didn't get to cover, mainly for time. But yeah. hopefully in the future we'll get to cover that again on another appearance. Okay. Unless you're like, please don't. <laughs> no, no, no. No, but at the end of the day, every single job you've had has gotten you to this level where you're at now. And we're so excited to see uh, what's going to happen with you next. Uh, with the Expendables 4 and following, we're sure no matter what it is, it's going to be incredible. So you have some fans and supporters here at Partywood. Yep. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Steve. And I can't wait to see your name going further up the cast list. Yes. Yes. We will see. Come on, we will, you never know. We want a female Expendables team. <laughs> Fox Force 5, but the Expendables. That's what we Oh need. my gosh, yes. I actually <laughs> did see a name today, the Expendables. Ah. Ah, okay. So. Okay, maybe, maybe. In that case, if you want to talk about anything that we've covered in this week's episode, then you can get in touch with us at the following locations on the screen below. First of all, you can get in touch with us on facebook.com forward slash bodywood. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at bodywood. You can hit us up on the r slash bodywood subreddit. You can get us on uh, LinkedIn. You can get us on Fiverr. Um, you can get us on, I don't know, we're in the yellow pages somewhere. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if they still exist. But anyway. Do they uh, even still print out yellow papers? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. It's yeah. sad. You can find us on Grinder if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, there's loads of avenues uh, to get in touch with us. Let us know about the show. Let us know what you think. Um, there's so, also yeah. the Patreon. There's, I, was, I was getting to that, Steve. Jeez, every week you cut me off. Let me get it out just one week. Yes, we have a Patreon where for the price of a cup of coffee, you can support our show. You can get the audio versions of our show a couple of days early before the video one goes out. You can also hear exclusive content where me and Steve do Pottywood After Dark, which is just a show of me and him just randomly talking about whatever topics that come up in a luxurious jazz bar setting. Yes. That's definitely um, going to be a t shirt one day, I'm telling you. Yeah. We're gonna wear it with pride. Uh but for now, thank you very, very much to Levi Tran. Thank you guys. And it is a goodbye from me. And I've already left you just haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye.